First of all, um, welcome to Soulback. This is the RB Podcast. It's been a while since we've done one of these, especially on IG Live. It'll be fun to interact with everyone on here. I see the comments rolling in already, but Ed, we got to yes. get started, man. Rest in peace to Chucky Thompson. When you mentioned that we were going to talk about Chucky today, I realized it's been a long time since we've had an episode. Because I was like, Chucky? Yeah. It seems like he was gone forever ago, but I hate to lose him because as I've talked about many, many times, um, I've been a long time music fan going all the way back from birth, but the years that I really became a big fan were the early 90s, and that was because of the hip-hop soul movement. That's what really brought me in, and if you look at those credits, because we used to read those liner notes back in the day, you saw that name Chucky Thompson all the time, from Mary Mm -hmm. J to Faith to pretty much everything that Puff did with the Hitman. Like, he was so integral to that. So to lose him was a major, major blow to not just, like, my formative years of R&B, but for the genre as a whole. He did so much. And you can't forget about that Frankie album, too, Ed. That Frankie album is incredible. That Frankie album. You you and Tom and that Frankie album. I've got to re-listen. Yes. Because it was like, it came out like, a year after the Faith album, so it still had that sound. Yep. That Faith Evans, and I think Faith wrote a couple of records on there. And then that Usher record that Donnell and Faith did, uh, Think of You, that mm-hmm. Chucky produced. That song is, like, I know a lot of people don't actually know Usher's debut debut, but, like, there's a lot of, like, sleepers on that album. To this day, one of my favorite Usher songs, and no one ever talks about it because, I mean, he had Call Me a Mac and all that stuff, but that was the first Usher song that, I was like, okay, this dude has something. I know we kind of forget that first album and stick with the goldfish and the freaking you dancing around in his pajamas. But before that, Chucky laid the foundation of the Usher that we know. Yeah. And of course, Soon As I Get Home by Faith Evans. Like, when I listen to that song today, first of all, it's a timeless classic. It was a hit then, it's a hit now. But Mm -hmm. just the production on there, like, that just puts you in, like, like, I know we talk about, like, moods and and vibes like that is what i think a vibe is like you just zone out to that production faith sounds amazing on it lyrically it's great like that's what i want in r&b i don't want to hear don't anybody and i know no one in the comments (laughs) would say this because they have better sense don't talk to me about no vibe shout out to my son damon i see he made an untimely Mm. appearance but I don't want to hear anything about vibes because vibes have become this name for just sparse, lazy, boring production. A vibe is something where you hear it, you zone out, and you listen to the themes of the song. That is what Soon As I Get Home did. That's what that Faith album did. That's especially what the Mary album did. What a landmark moment in R&B. And this is something I think will always have Chucky's fingerprints on. He was so integral to the sound that we celebrate today. You can trace it all the way back to him. Yeah, and I think what's nice is um, Chucky was featured in Mary's documentary that came out recently, too. So it's good that we had a chance to celebrate his greatness before he left us. Because when you look at his catalog, a lot, a lot of big hits came from that man right there. I mean, I could go down a list. And it's not just R&B, it's hip-hop. I mean, everything from Nas is one mic. There's so many songs that we love over the past 20 years or so. If you look, Chucky had a hand in it. And it's incredible the talent that was lost. It really hurt my heart to lose him because he was one of those artists that was not celebrated to the level that he should have been. And Mm -hmm. all we can do now is continue to use platforms like this to uplift his name. Absolutely. So big shouts to Chucky Thompson. Rest in peace. And your memory lives on, um, especially on the Soulback podcast. Ed, I'm going to switch gears here and talk about the blueprint. This is the super R. Well, I think this is an interesting discussion, you know, even if we're not just talking about the music, which we'll get into, too. But, um, Ed, this was a super group formed. We saw it in front of our eyes on BET. Mm -hmm. Uh, Started out with nine members. Ended up with four, and like I look at it as a success in terms of just the whole project in itself, the experiment of getting groups from various, you know, members from various groups, and just the outcome of it in terms of the buzz. People checked it out, and it made me realize, Ed, 
And this is something that we've always talked about is like these artists that we grew up loving and, you know, listening to their music during our childhood and our teens, they still have a place in R&B. They just need a major platform like that reality TV show to really regain the interest of those fans that may have gone missing for the last 10 years. Like, I don't know if anyone was checking for Black Cherish, 3LW, Total, you know, now, but when you put them on a major platform, that interest is there again, I think. Yeah, and let's back up a little bit, because before I get, I, if you want to see me rant about the show and the personalities of the show, you can just <laughs> follow me on Twitter at E.T. Bowser, and that way I won't get Kyle in trouble with his friends, and you can yell at me there. But let's talk mm. about the music itself, because that's what you brought up. We've talked for <clears> years, <throat> and I've talked for years about how reality TV and the absence of 106 in Park and Video Soul and all this stuff that used to be the platforms for our artists, it's reality TV now. So that's why, do you think that y'all would be on Cardi B like you are on now if she was not on that show? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I'm sorry to tell you, I'm keeping it real. You like her because you liked her character on that show, then you followed her music from there. That's how personalities are built in this era. And using yeah. reality TV is reintroducing us to these artists that we may have known for years. But in the 90s, we didn't know the personalities intimately of yeah. 702. We, know, we knew Cherish was a group. We saw them once a year on 106 Apart for five minutes on the couch. But we didn't know their personalities. This is an opportunity to know their personalities, to get to fall in love with the person itself. And then the music moves on from there. So that's why we're seeing this renewed interest in, in these groups. Because to your point, I am a fan of Black. I'm a huge fan of 702, as you know. I love Total. Yep. Is anybody besides me in this wall of CDs back there checking for them as they should have? Of course not. So this is a chance to extend their legacy. So I, And that part, I think it was a success. Yeah. And I'll say this, because I didn't realize that it would have this effect on me. But... When you're watching it on a week-to-week basis and they're playing little snippets of each song, those little snippets accumulate into, like, it being ingrained in your mind. So when the song actually comes out, number one, you're excited to hear it in its full totality. But because you've heard it a couple of times, maybe not fully, but because you've heard even a little bit of it, you're living with the music, which is not a thing anymore. You don't get to live with the music. You're on Spotify. You play it for 30 seconds and you're on to the next thing. But being that it was like a span of like 10 weeks and you heard bits and pieces of it, in a sense, you were living with the music. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, including myself, that's why I enjoyed the project. I know you didn't like it as much, but like, I think the fact that I got to live with it and I let the lyrics sink in, I let the melodies sink in. I'm like, okay, I actually like this. And I think if I went into that project listening to it, you know, right off the bat, 10 songs, you know, on release date, and I had to sit through the whole thing, I don't know if my um, review would have been the same. Exactly. It's what I just said. There's a connection with the music. How many times did we watch that show and they were talking about skeletons and bird's eye view, bird's eye view. They said it like (laughs) 100 times. And then we heard the snippets, Pam's gospel song. We heard snippets yes. of that throughout the show. So when you see the finished product, mm-hmm. and especially on the last episode when they had the big performance, like you're like, okay, this is coming together and you feel part of the journey. So that's why the music resonated with you. Now, me, crusty old man music yeah. reviewer, I'm still going to be picking it apart here and there. That's why yeah. my experience is different. But from a level of being personally involved in the music, I think that's why it was a success. You watch the music come together, you see it come together, and to your point, now we're in this era player where an album comes out on Spotify, we listen to it for 10 minutes, we're barely paying attention, and then we're off to the next. It's not like back in the day when we had radio ingraining songs in our head all the time, and you can be like, oh, I hated that song. Now I kind of like that song. Now I love that song. <laughs> right. And now it's just yep. one time, boom and boom. But the show was able to ingrain it in you, and that's why you have that connection. And I think that's why it was so well-received, no matter people's beef with characters on the show. Even my yep. wife has listened to that thing a million times because she's like, you know what? This kind of, a lot of these songs kind of hit. Even talking? 
Listen, if I hear talking one more time, I'm going to snatch that cord <laughs> out of there. I do not like that talking song. <laughs> it's not for you, Ed. But I'll tell you what, uh, it made me realize, like, even when we go back to my generation of R&B, like the Day 26 and the and the Danny D. Canes, you weren't watching Making the Band, were you? I didn't. I only watched it in snippets. I didn't watch it all the way. But you'll see like this huge contingency of fans from my generation that love that music. And I think mm -hmm. part of it is because they watched that show and they got to watch them create those songs. So it is a interesting um, thing that they did with the blueprint. And I'm curious, Ed, to see what else comes from this project, from this group of, you know, the Cherished Twins, uh, Shamari and Keely. Like when I listen to the music, I'm trying to see, does it fit at radio? Like, where does it fit? Um, I wouldn't say it's like super traditional R&B, but it's not like super trendy either. I don't, I, I don't really know where it fits in right now, aside from the talking song, which I guess could work at Urban, but the rest of it, I, I don't know. It's interesting. No, that talking song, that would definitely be something that'd be blasting out of the speakers across my house. So I could definitely hear that. <laughs> but I do agree with you. I think it's a balance, and this is why you like it so much. It's a balance of kind of Cherish's mid-2000s sound with sprinkles of kind of the more current sound. So that's why it's yeah. kind of in between. I don't know if it fits very well as far as current playlists, but I'm all for yeah. diversity. So like listen, if it's something different and it's not the thousandth Young Thug remake, let's mm. get it out there because I want to hear something different in the way. Whether I like it or not, I just want something different because I want different music presented. Yeah. Um, now, they spoke to the creator of the show, uh, Carlos King, I think is his name, and uh, he had kind of hinted that they're moving towards a season two. Mm -hmm. And the, the the topic of it being a male supergroup has come up. Um, now, I have my thoughts on that, but we saw what would happen with nine females in a house and how dramatic it got. What would mm -hmm. it be like with nine dudes at a, home, at a house? To me, I think it would be less dramatic, but hands might actually be thrown. Oh, it would be... I wouldn't say it'd be less dramatic. It'd be differently dramatic. Because yes. when it comes to what we saw there... If you put a bunch of dudes in that combustible element, somebody throwing hands. Listen, you can <laughs> you holler at my boy. Um, let's say we get some members of. I'm just gonna throw some out there. I don't know y'all, so don't be saying I I did it. Mm. You throw in a Bobby V. You throw in a couple of the dudes from um, B5. You throw in one of your boys from B2K. Put him in the mix. Let me get my boy Jay Holiday in the mix. Oh you man, throw some hands if you play with my boy. So if yes. you put that group of 2000s era artists together, it's going to be compostable and entertaining. The product, yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think it might be overkill at that point to um, have guys do this experiment as well, I think. For what it was, for the characters involved in, uh, in this blueprint movement, I think it was the right thing to do. I don't know if a male... Uh, version of this will work, but we'll have to wait and see. We will see. As you know, I have had my heavy criticisms of many of the ways that this show was constructed and released, but to my credit, to their credit, they got the music out. That's what's most important. People seem yep. to be liking it. I was a little lukewarm on it, but the fact is, folks are talking, and good for them for extending their careers, because whether or not all of my criticisms aside, those cherished girls know how to write a song. That I'll give them. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is a super group that formed recently, The Ch the Shy. Yes, The Shy. Carl Thomas, Donnell Jones, otherwise known as Darnell Jones. Darnell, he made a about, boy. He made a tweet about that to clarify <laughs> that his name is Donnell. We're still going to call him Darnell. Some things don't change, Ed. And Dave Hollister. Now, the last male super R&B group that came out was TGT, Tyrese, Genuine, and Tank. And I would say from a commercial standpoint, TGT is probably the bigger name. But when we look at this new group, Carl Thomas, Dave Hollister, and Darnell, all three of them have at least one. We can even maybe say two albums that are like 
near and dear to R&B fans. Like, we look at them in such high regard. So it is pretty cool to see the three of them coming together. Um, and they're going to be putting out music. They just put out the Karma remix with RL and Jacquees, which seems kind of random. But um, very. it's cool to see a group coming together in 2021. I mean, look at the albums we were talking about. Chicago 85, Where I Want to Be, Emotional, all of these albums that we love and that are actually incredible. So yes. I would not, and yes, shout out to my boy. Don't forget LSG. How could you forget LSG? One of yep. the best trios of all time. So I am very <laughs> excited to see what they bring to the game. I know you love TGT. I yes. was a little, again, I was a little lukewarm on what we got. I thought it was okay. I did not think that it was as good as what we should have gotten. So I'm not jumping in and saying, we got a classic. Oh, no, it's a classic. Because I know y'all love that word. But mm -hmm. we will wait and see. But my interest is peaked. And my expectations are pretty high as far as what they can deliver. These are three dudes that know how to sing. They're veterans. They know how to put a song together. So I'm excited. And there's definitely room for them right now. See, what it's going to take and what we kind of touched on with the blueprint, but especially with TGT, there was a lot of money that went behind TGT. They were signed to a major label. They actually had a a push for that album. They were on national TV. Like, they did a lot of that. So it'll be interesting to see what Donnell and the guys do here because I think from a musical standpoint, as long as they get with the right people, I think musically they'll be fine, but it's everything else. It's the business part of it. And... um it's going to be a lot. I would love to see them do shows together. I would love them to, you know, start putting this stuff together, doing interviews together, just so we can see that it's a movement because they they announced that news, what, like a month ago? Mm-hmm. So you got to strike them while it's hot. So I want to see all of that happen, like, right now. I know we're still in the pandemic, and uh, that's still a thing. And, I mean, it's a good reminder. But, um, man, I want to start seeing this stuff moving quickly. Well, I was going to mention that. I know that we're excited. I'm definitely excited because, as we said, there's definitely space in R&B right now for them. The marketplace is not cramped. There's plenty mm -hmm. of room for them to come in and wreck shop. But, unfortunately, it comes to touring. That's where a lot of this money comes from. And it's, since y'all won't put on your mask, since y'all won't get vaccinated, since you're so woke and so smart, Y'all won't do that. We still won't be able to get out and tour like we want to. Until we can get beyond this, I think there's a lot of projects and a lot of touring and a lot of things that we'll see once we move beyond pandemic land. So do your part and act right so we can get our boys out here. I think that once that gets settled, we'll see a tour set up. We'll see some music come out. And I think when it comes to the level of quality, we could have something nice. We could. Nice, nice. Uh, Ed, someone just requested to join us. Maybe we should add him in. Who requested to join? It depends who asked. Can't be letting everybody uh, up in your house. Yeah, well, we'll 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 get some uh, readers in here or listeners okay. in here after. Let's let's go through this first. This might, this might actually be fun. But um, can we talk about the background stuff, the catalog? Oh, yes, yes, yes. At first, I thought you meant your girls. Um, <laughs> the blueprint again. I like what. But yes. Oh yeah, we get, we get, we can, we can talk about Cherish all day long, Ed. Oh god. Anyway, let's talk about Black Ground, please. Yeah. So, unless you've been living under the rock, uh, you'll of course know that Aaliyah's uncle has decided to release the catalog of all Black Ground artists. Now, this is music that we've been waiting to hit streaming platforms for for oh, I mean, ten years now. At least. I mean, we've been talking. We've been talking about this on the podcast for a long time now. We've come up with different scenarios of what if and what does this do for who and and all that. But to break it down in its simplest form, Blackground is releasing the Aaliyah albums, mm -hmm. the Tony Braxton's Libra album, Finally. The, jo the JoJo albums. The Tank albums and Sex, Love, and Pain is finally coming out. And it's about time, yes. That is, like, my favorite album of all time. And, I mean, we can talk about Tank for other things, too, but we're not going to because oh, we have to also. I will. <laughs> I will. All right. Uh, Timbaland and Magoo's album. Tim and Magoo's albums Magoo are coming albums. out. Very excited about Tim and Magoo's albums. 
um, JoJo's albums, uh, the dude from uh, from O Town, Ashley Angel, Ashley Parker, I think that's his name. That one I didn't really check out because that was more like rock pop. But yes, I, I have mean, not heard for, that one yet. But uh, I think Soul Shock and Carlin actually did a lot of that, so actually I should probably check that out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, but all of these albums are coming out. Uh, not all at once. They're going to be staggering the release dates. Most recently, we saw the release of One in a Million. Um, I'll say this first, because I know a lot of people um, have been trying to dive into the the drama and the and the family business of Blackground and Aaliyah's estate. And I don't think we really need to get into that. I kind of just leave that to them. It's It's their business. But what I will say from a fan standpoint, it is super cool to see Aaliyah fans all celebrating the release of this. It's cool to see that background. Like, they're actually pushing this thing. Like, there's a billboard up in New York. Um, there's a lot of social media engagement from their account. When it comes to this release, like, this is all cool to see because a lot of the younger fans missed out on this type of push for an album. Um, a lot of the OG Aaliyah fans haven't had this type of experience in years. So from my standpoint, this has been pretty cool to see. It's funny because so much has been said. I think shout out to my girl, Lady T, I think it was, who was like, man, we haven't seen a rollout this impressive in years. Well, player, this is just how it used to be. An album yeah. would come out. I remember one in a million having actual TV commercials. I remember mm. the TV commercial for that. It was like snippets of the If Your Girl Only Knew. They had TV commercials. They had billboards. They had radio spots. They had, you know, the equivalent of social media ads. It's not like we have today where your favorite artist pops up out the blue and say, hey, y'all, I got an album coming out Friday. And then it comes <laughs> out and then you never hear about it again. That's not yeah. a rollout. What you're seeing mm -hmm. is a rollout. And this is, even though it seems foreign, this is a good thing. And I'm very excited about it. And I know old heads like me, we're like, oh, yeah. we've got the albums. So I got the albums right here. Here's Aaliyah. Here's this one. I've got wow. that one. I've got, I even got Romeo Must Die, where you're playing. So, yes, we have them because we bought them 99, 96, 97. Shout out to Camelot Music. So we got all of that then, but this is endearing it to a new generation just for convenience. I know that it's like, it's funny when people say, oh, I, I'm not able to hear this album. I'm like, it's on YouTube, like, I just go there. But to have the convenience of having it on streaming, this is something yeah. that's long overdue. And I think we'll yep. extend the legacy of these artists. We talk about Aaliyah, of course, but T Tank's best work is not on streaming. Tim yep. and Goo's work, which I and I adore. None of that's yep. on streaming. JoJo had to re-record her albums just to get it on streaming. So this yep. is over. This is long overdue. So I'm very happy about it. And you can't forget about Tony Braxton. That take that take this ring record. Take this that's going to yes. be that's gonna, back there. She's back there. That's going to be her. that's going to be banging all over the streaming world. Shout out to my iPod. It never left my iPod rotation. But yes, when it streams, you're going to be seeing that joint. Oh, what a bad. Yeah. One of the best songs to not get a video. I will say this, though. Spotify needs to chill on those ads if you're not a paying member. Do you know how much of a mood bust it is when you're trying to play a record in the first 30 seconds are? Uh, listen to Spotify for free now if you subscribe. And I'm just like, I just want to listen to this song, man. <laughs> Player, I have a workaround for that. I'm not going to say it publicly. I'll say it to you in the DMs. And I don't want wow. you to figure out what I'm doing. But yes, I get around that. Because there's nothing worse than I'm trying to do an album review, trying to immerse myself in an album. And y'all giving me like three ads back to back. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the things that we're talking about when it comes to these albums being on streaming platforms is the hopes that the younger generation will, will pick up on this stuff and study it. And as we both know, young people just listen to what they like. They mm -hmm. just listen to their generation. It's, it's always been like that. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to fault the young folks for that. But do you think with the rollout that they're doing for these projects that they might at least be curious to click play and see? what all the hype is about. Absolutely, because when it comes to this generation, it's all about hype. It's all about what's trending. It's FOMO. I don't want to be left out, fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out. 
So when they see all this Aaliyah stuff trending, when they see their favorite artists talking about, oh, this Aaliyah album is finally here, it's a lot yeah. easier for them to go to their Spotify playlist that they've already curated and just hit click as opposed to going on Amazon and trying to order a CD or even going to YouTube, even though it ain't that hard, y'all, to like try yeah. to piece together <laughs> the track list. So, yeah, I think that we are going to see it. And when it comes to, we talked before about whether, I don't know if my boy Shaquille is here or not. If he was, he'd be yelling. Actually, there's Shaquille. I speak of the devil. He just popped in. Shaquille there you go. hollering us forever because he's like, Aaliyah is a legend. Celebrate her as a legend. And I'm always like, yeah, she's influential. I don't know about legendary. This, yeah. adding her catalog here now exposes her to a higher level. That could raise her, in my eyes, to that legendary spot. I don't think she's there yet. But it could definitely yeah. get there. Sure. Which would be pretty cool to see. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see what the numbers look like uh, after its first week of release for One in a Million. And especially with the Aaliyah album. Like, if it does major numbers, then our theory was right. There was a huge demand for it. And we're glad that it came out. It's already breaking a lot of it. I think it was number one on iTunes. Like, I'm not going to be surprised. This is going to be big. It deserves yeah. to be big. She deserves this sort of recognition because this is our girl and when you look at music today one yeah. in a million in my opinion especially the self-titled album has influenced yeah. a decade of music yeah now where that money is going for that album and who it's going to oh, whose pockets boy. it's going to that's none of that's none of our business that's another convo of... y'all and let me say this right quick kyle listen because there's yes. been it, this has kind of died down a little bit but yeah i will restate this about people not wanting to stream because they think that it's doing the family wrong or we should yeah. stream because we finally get the music and we need to support it. Listen, the choice is yours. Like, if it's your choice. If you decide not to stream until the family gets their coins, I respect. If you want to stream because you want to hear the music, I respect. If you want to stream so we can get more music like this and it doesn't flop, I respect. Just don't spend your time attacking other people on the Twitter. People just spend the time listening to the music that you want. Please, and get off my timeline. That's all I'm saying. You know, you know what's absolutely crazy about what you just said there and what it reminded me of? What's that? It reminded me of Tank's video that he uploaded and deleted like three days ago. Oh, if you want <laughs> like, to go there. <laughs> we're I'm not sorry. going there. If you want to go there. <laughs> Go there, follow me on Twitter, hit me up on Twitter. I'm not getting Kyle in trouble again. Y'all already oh, man. know how I felt about that video. Be yes. responsible. That's all I'm listen, saying. Listen, listen. We listen to artists for their music, not for their medical advice. Let's just leave it at that. Do you go to Uzi Vert to get your taxes done? No. Let the <laughs> artists sing to you. Let the medical experts give you medical advice. I said it, Kyle didn't say it, leave him alone. <laughs> All right. So let's take a break from Blackground and let's laser in on Aaliyah here. This is your love letters for the day, Ed. Oh, okay. Let's do it. So for those that are listening to the for, for the first time, what we do here is we pick out a song, we dissect the lyrics, and Ed will give us his advice to... I guess both female and male in the situation. Yes. Whatever so, your preference, I'm going to give you that work. So, Ed, we're going to go with the Aaliyah song, four-page letter. Oh. <laughs> now, I read a tweet about this recently to talk about people's attention spans today. Someone wrote, if a girl wrote you a four-page letter today, the guy would probably not even read it. Is this true? Yes, because you <laughs> Because your brain has been so condensed into 140 Twitter characters that you can't read it. I have maybe not four-page letters, but I have at least two-page, one-page front and back from my wife, like, up in my closet somewhere. Because wow. back in the day, that's how you communicated. There was, like, this thing called a pen, this thing called a piece of paper. And when someone was willing to, like, bear their soul... I mean, now, if they were fussing at you for four pages, you probably would stop about midway and be like, I don't want to read this yes. anymore. But if it was a paid letter that was enclosed with a kiss, you're going to read that all the way through and see what's good. So, yes, yes, I would see what's up with that. But today, man, please, if it ain't in a tweet, it better be a four-line <laughs> tweet and not a four-page letter because that's all you're going to get. 
Yes, shout out to my boy Theo. They don't deserve the paragraphs. They don't. No, they don't. <laughs> now, what What if we switch the roles and a guy wrote that four-page letter to the girl? Would that come off as creepy? Yes. I I don't, again, I'm from a different <laughs> era. And I spent four pages on a letter. I think my wife would appreciate it. If you did it today, I'll tell you what you would, y'all would screenshot it and put it on IG and be like, look at this long letter this dude wrote to me. He could have said it in two tweets. Uh, mm. uh, I miss communication. I miss the art of communication. That's what Aaliyah was telling us in four-page level. Maybe the return of these Black Ground albums will show us how to communicate yes. and how to love, because Lord knows y'all done lost both of those terms. Yeah. So, shout out to Leah for that song. And did we ever find out why she kept asking Timbaland to turn it up in the beginning? I thought it was because, I thought that was real life. I thought she was literally in the booth and could not hear herself. And was like, why do we, but they why do we need it? Uh, why do we need to keep that in there? <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's literally <laughs> what it. She could not hear herself and then she was like, okay, I'm good. And they were like, let's keep it in. It was cool. It was weird, but yeah, it was in a very memorable line. Cause it made no sense. Yeah, because I'll tell you, there was one time I was listening to that song, and you know how like the song fades in and it's like really quiet in the beginning. Yeah, I thought so, I thought I thought something was wrong with my speaker, so I turned it up really loud. Oh my! And then God. once it gets louder and louder, my <laughs> speakers like exploded and it scared the crap out of me. That probably happened to me on my Walkman <laughs> in 1996 when I heard that for the first time. So I came front. I probably did. Yeah, that. that's dangerous stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ed, I'm going to throw this question at you here. Hit me. Because we've been talking about a lot of great music. And uh, we're in August now. So we're going to have to do our year-end countdown in a few months. And again, this this year has just flew by. Um, a lot of great songs, a lot of great albums. I'm going to ask you this. What are your three favorite albums that have come out this year? Huh. And we'll, think- we'll do it the... We'll do the traditional way, right? We'll do the, we'll alternate threes, twos, and ones. Okay, we'll alternate. Let For, me get, I have my number one and number two. Let me think what my number three is. Actually, I keep a running list of all of the albums that I listen to and what order I put them in on yeah. my desktop. So let me look and see. Because I know what number one and two is. I can't think of number three. All right. Let, uh, yeah, let me take I'm one. good. I'm good. I was quickly reminded when I opened up my list. All right, give me one sec. Let me uh, let me pull up my list too. All right. Okay, I think I'm good too. Yeah, I'm good. So let me know when you're ready. I got my time. I'm ready. I'm ready right here. So honorable mention. I'm gonna mention these guys and. Okay, I'll do. There's the, too. And I want to just mention these albums because, like, first of all, I think. After Seven, that album just came out, so I can't put it in my top three yet, or else I would be a hypocrite to anyone that calls like things like instant classics. But that album is really, 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 really good. I was mentioning it earlier. If you love traditional R&B, if you love singing and ballads, and they've got some up-temples as well, some mid-temples, like that, Ed, After Seven still has some gas in the tank. I will talk about that album very soon. That's all I'll say there. Oh, okay, so it made it. All right. Um, uh, I think Gallant's EP, I guess. I think that's what we're calling it. That was very good. Um, it was better than his last album. Yeah. It didn't quite. It didn't quite make my top three, but very good album. Very good. Uh, uh, Justine Sky had a very enjoyable project. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that she did with Timbaland. Uh, Lucky Day's EP was very good. Very. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan's album EP. I, I don't know what these things are anymore, but <laughs> it's an EP. I enjoyed it. Um, I would say that the subject matter isn't really thing isn't really what I can relate to anymore when it comes to Jasmine. Like her earlier stuff, really, like I could understand. This stuff seems to be geared more towards like the 20 to 30 year old female and mm-hmm. i'm neither of that so uh but what are your honorable mentions 
Um, I'm looking at my list of stuff, and I know a lot of times fans will complain, oh, there's no good R&B, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of that comes to there's just not stuff that's good that I remember. There's not a lot of the sound that I like. So, like, if you came up in the 2000s, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff that sounds like that. But I think, yeah. looking at my list, we've had some decent albums this year. Shout out to Van Jess. Shout out to yes. Robin Thick. Shout out yes. to Rochelle Jordan. I thought her album was very oh, different, yeah. but very yep. good. Your Girl, Joyce Rice, Lucky Day, yes. Galant. All of those I would put in my honorable mentions as far as albums that were very solid. But, oh, and how did I forget? Jam and Lewis. Like, they, yes. that's close yep. to, that's probably my number four of all my favorites this year. And those were some really, really good projects that I think are worth checking yep. out. Jasmine, mm -hmm. I will say, because people got mad at my review and I still stand by it. It's a very well sung project. But to yeah. your point, Kyle, it just the subject matter did not connect in the way that I had hoped. And it wasn't yeah. just me because I kind of I talked to my wife. I talked to other women and yeah. they were just kind of like, eh, it doesn't feel like something that's like fits my demographic. So I like yeah. it, but I wouldn't even put it up in the tier of those other artists I mentioned. Y'all gonna you, kill me, but who cares? Well, don't you think it's kind of messed up that yeah, I'm not gonna say she dumbed down her sound because I think no. it still sounds like Jasmine, but the lyrics, like it being catered towards a younger crowd, got her to a new level that we felt like she should have been years ago. Right, and it, so in that level, it was successful. You hear more conversation yeah. about Jasmine today than you ever have. So yeah. that worked, but as far as a, and another thing, it was an EP, so it was pretty short, yeah. and it had all those things. Yeah. But as a total body of work, is like pales to reality show, so it ain't even close. But it's fine for what it is. If you're 21 and you just came in from the club or you mad at your man, all right, that's cool. But she can give us more than that. It was fine, but she can give us more than that. Yeah, I need a lions, tigers, and bears. That's, that's what, I, what need. I need. We need some yeah. substance, y'all. Yeah. Not just my uh, man trash. I get tired of that. <laughs> and then uh, Leela James, I, I want to mention that one. That was a good album. That too. was a good one, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's go through our top three here. I'll start off with my number three, Ed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with snow allegra interesting i'm surprised she That's made it for you she made it i listened to that album last weekend and i actually just let it run and like i really like a lot of the songs on there the last couple are kind of sleepy times agree but you know you have the neptune song which is like the greatest song in the last 10 years oh, i'm just gonna leave it I, i'm pretty sure it was made like 20 years ago and they just it, remade it because it sounds like something off like calice latrell like that that era, um, but yeah, I love that album. Um, even the stuff that Tyler did, Tyler the Creator, I really like all that they did on that. So, Snow Allegra will be my number three. I think that's a good pick for number three. And my yeah. number three, I um, shout out Tar Heels fan. I didn't forget you, player, because it's my number three. Raheem Devon, Paulo Brown, Lovesick. That's my number three. Mm. And for a long time, mm -hmm. that was my number one. So I thought this album was great. When I first heard about this collabo, I know R&B fans might not have been too familiar with Apollo Brown, but my hip-hop head, no, because he has been behind some of the best underground albums for the past five years or so. Their styles mesh perfectly. I thought this was a great project. Raheem always has good albums, and this is probably one of his best ones. Yes, I agree. Uh, my number two will be Robin Thicke's album oh this was quite the surprise for me because i've never loved a robin thick album i think the evolution was the closest to me saying like i really really love this album from top to bottom uh, i never really got into his debut i still got to do that actually but since then um i've liked songs from his albums but i've never liked something from top to bottom and this is as close as it gets like what he did on this album was he brought it back to what we love about Robin Thicke. And he didn't stray away from that. There was nothing gimmicky or trendy about it. It was just great love songs. And you could actually feel what he was singing. So I got to show Robin some love here. 
This is a great album. I'm I'm happy to hear that. I said it in my review. Even though we celebrate Robin Thicke, you know your boy got to keep it real, and I love you, Robin. His albums don't really do much for me. Like, I like yeah. the first album, the second album, and the first album, I'm talking about the Jesus album, y'all, not the yes. Evolution album. I'm talking about the first, first <laughs> album. Evolution yes. was fine, but a lot of the albums after that are very hit and miss. Great singles, great album cuts here and there, but overall, it's hit and miss. He really yes. put together one of his most cohesive projects here. So, didn't make my top three, but definitely when I do my year end list, it'll be there for sure, for sure. My yeah. number two, gotta echo Kyle, my girl Snow Allegra. Mm. I loved her last album. This one, I don't know if it's better, it's slightly different. And as you yeah. said, that second half gets a little snoozy, but. Yeah. What we got is easily one of the best albums of the year. Y'all, and y'all stop comparing her to Sade. Like, she can be <laughs> her old thing. If this is a Sade of the 2010s, I mean, the 2020s, whatever. But I just love yeah. that she's giving us a different sound from what we're hearing. I like it. Yes. Uh, my number one, it's been my number one since, like, February, but Joyce Rice's it. album, yep. it, it's it's going to have to be that. Uh, shout-outs to Joyce, who did an incredible job on this album, and shout-outs to D-Mal, who continues to dominate R&B as we speak with his production, bringing back the live instrumentation, and on this album, bringing back the 2000s vibes, and that's all I really want, Ed. If you give me 2000s vibes, I will be there. So, Joyce... <laughs> You did your thing. D-Mal, you did your thing. And uh, that's going to be my number one. Although I haven't heard that Division and Ty Dollar Sign album yet. Maybe that'll change things. Um, I doubt that'll change. <laughs> I like Division, but you know how I feel about the other half of that equation. So we'll see. I, I have not heard that yet either. I we'll feel like Ty Dollar Sign is like well-deserving of a six-year break or something. Because he's been going at it for like... <sighs> He's had the longest run in music history. I mean, it feels like he is on everybody's album, but he does the same thing. Like, I feel like it's just yes. the same thing on every song. That's why I'm so tired of him. But whatever, y'all yes. love him, have fun. My number yes. one, Kyle, you said that you wouldn't do it because of recency bias. I don't care. I'm doing it. Mm. After Seven, right now, is my favorite album of 2021. And wow. I know it came out a day ago. So don't hold me to this when I do my year-end list and they try to bring the receipts and say, you said, I'm just going by how I feel right now. That may yes. change with a little bit of perspective. But as of right now, I have not heard an R&B release this cohesive. I have not heard one this well-sequenced. I have not heard one this well-written from top to bottom and produced. Yes. And as we were talking on um, Twitter yesterday, tell me another album that talks about and celebrates love to this level. I did not hear yes. one song about how somebody's mad because somebody's in my DMs. I didn't hear, I hear one song about, oh, we just going to hook up and I hate you. I did not hear one song that's just somebody mumbling over some sleepy beat. This is actual mm. instrumentation, actual penmanship, actual vocals actual expressions of love. This is what I want to hear from my R&B. And I don't want to hear from everybody. Again, diversity is key, but give it to me sometimes. And these brothers gave it to me. And Kyle, you said a lot of these songs are probably from the vault. Probably. That's probably why I like mm -hmm. them. You like the 2000s. I like the 90s. This sounds yep. very 1999-ish to me, but in a good way. It doesn't sound stale. Yeah. You can tell it's been updated. I love this project. If you're on this podcast, you have not heard it. Do yourself a favor when we're done. Wait till we're done. But when we're done, yes. check it out because it's probably my favorite this year. Yes, yes, yes. And then also check out that Claudette Ortiz and Salam Remy record too. I still haven't so, listened to that yet. Yes. Oh, I, you got to watch the music video too. Oh, listen, Claudette, I'm already there. That's all you have There to you go. I'm there, dog. <laughs> no, this After 7 album. You know what's interesting is as I'm listening to this album and I was going nuts about it over – uh, over you know our chat our, our group chat but it made me realize that type of music which we used to know as just regular r&b it's now known as old people r&b ballads real yes. instrumentation 
And Elle is just like, why is this considered old people music? This is just good music. Well, Playa, that's because we're old now. And what's considered current is, I see you, Tar Heels fan. That's who I'm throwing shots at and all of her friends. Because mm. R&B has been transformed. See, don't get me on. I'm going to get on my thing, and I'm going to start yeah. talking about 808 and heartbreak. <laughs> but R&B, yep. as we know it, has been so manipulated and mutated that we don't know what it is anymore. And anytime someone is just sort of halfway harmonizing over a slow beat, we call it R&B. That's not it, y'all. What we're hearing here is what the foundations of the sound are. And I yeah. know that's just what it is. That's just the roots of it. That's just what it yes. is. So I'm happy to hear that again. That's all I am. Just happy. Yes. So shouts to After 7. Incredible, incredible body of work. Um, the Claudette Ortiz song is All I Need Is You. So uh, go YouTube that, Ed. Um, I got it. Man. Yeah. That. I still can't believe that that After 7 album was that good, Ed. I Like, I know. Like, their last album was good, too. But, man, like, to do it again, I, we could talk about this all day, really. And do it better. Because, of course, yeah. I knew the last one was good. The last album was yeah. very good. But this one, I don't know. I don't know what. They had some gas in the tank. They got hyped up over this pandemic. They were like, we're going to put in some heat. So I was very yes. happy to see it. Yes. Um, and let's fast forward here to some future projects that we need to talk about here. Okay. Uh, first of all, did you hear that Lucky Day and Earth, Wind & Fire collaboration yet? I that seems not. like, you know, I haven't heard it either. Uh, I got to actually go check that out. But Lucky Day seems like the right person for that when it comes to this new generation. Yes, because he's a bridge. He's one of those artists that can do, can live in both spaces. He can be current, but he can also work very well seamlessly with veterans. So, I have no doubt that that one is high. And y'all keep telling about Leon Bridges. I haven't heard that one yet either. That's going to be on my list. I have a list of stuff I need to listen to, and I'm looking at it right here, so I'll get on that one soon. I'll be 100% honest with you. I haven't listened to Leon Bridges since, like, his first album when he was making music that sounded like it was from, like, the 60s. Is that, is that <laughs> still what he – is that I, what he's still doing, or is I, he, like, making – I don't know. I haven't heard the new album at all, but I've heard yeah. the great thing. So I'll check it out. All right. Um, Ed, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're going to make a bet. Okay. So Silk Sonic announced that their album is going to come out January 2022. That's the so word. That's, a that's, that's official. The, that's the word. Will Usher's album come out before that? I'm going to say no. And no. I, I'm going to say no. <laughs> and I'm going to say no because I think when it comes to Usher's album and this, and, and let me get, before I get to Usher, let me get to Silk Sonic because people were furious, furious that Silk Sonic was going to make us wait that long. I can tell when y'all, I can tell people who were born in 2013 because y'all have not experienced what we experienced. Again, we talked earlier about album rollouts. It's not uncommon for a single to drop. And the album might not come out for another year because the single's going to drop, then another single's going to drop, then maybe a third single might drop, and then we get the album. Because that time they're pushing the album. It's not just, hey, y'all, here's an album. It's out today, and then I never talk mm. about it anymore. So yeah. in this case, no. <laughs> so when they said that, fine. You can tell they want to work on a project, and they want it to be a real classic album. You can just tell. They feel the pressure. I would rather wait another month or another few months and get some dope than get it today and be like, eh, it was all right. I like that one single. Anyway, mm. let's talk about the Usher album. I think what's holding up Usher, I think the album's done. I'm just, yeah. This is my speculation. I think it's done. I think Usher is waiting for the world to open back up so he can get his mm. tour on. I think Silk Sonic is waiting for the world to open up so they can get their tool on. I think that that is cut. That is a lot of determining factors here because yeah. that's this stuff is done. It has to be done. How long has Usher been yeah. working on this album? It has to be done. But they don't yeah. want to put it out, not be able to promote it because touring is where they make this money, y'all. It ain't from y'all stealing on 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 this thing and making TikTok videos. They're not making money off. Of <laughs> so they're making it from touring. I think they keep edging it back. Shout out to the Marvel movies they keep pushing back. Same type deal yeah. so they can get closer to that. That's all I'm saying. Just my speculation here. 
Yeah, because I thought the Usher album would come out surely after his Vegas, Vegas residency, which just ended, and I hear great things about it. I'm pretty that sure like everyone, everyone went to that except us. Yes, because coincidentally, we're going to Vegas next month, and I was like, he'll be gone by then. So no Usher for me, but I do have friends that went, and they loved it. Yeah, so I thought it would have came out by then, but you might be right. It might be a little longer until we get that Usher album. I know he's definitely in the final touches of it. I still see him in the studio with JD and B Cox, but at this point, it has to be done. He's been working on this. It's done. It's yeah. Done. I mean, the the last time we were last time Tom was still on the podcast when Usher was working on this album. <laughs> this was before Tom <laughs> had a baby. We were working on the album. So, yeah, I think that it's done. I think that, in yeah. my opinion, I think we'll see that album into next year. I think Silk Sonic, yeah. Usher, and them, I think it'll be first of the year. Just I my speculation, so knowing my luck, it'll come out tomorrow. But that's just what I'm thinking. Yep. <laughs> um, Ed, I think that's it for this week's episode. I think we've covered a lot here. Is there anything that I'm missing? I don't know. I think that we got everything that was in. It's good to be back with my people. Good to see my, my fam in the comments. Shaquille fussing yep. as usual about something. Who knows? And good to talk with my boy about r and I'm always down for it. Absolutely. We might have to do this more on Instagram Live since your Zoom sucks now. But yeah, I don't what? know what's going on. I think it's my internet. So yeah. I'll figure out what's going on with that between now and then. I did the speed test and it said, oh, it's running fast. Yeah, a lie. It's not running fast. Something's going on. Ed, don't be downloading the Blackout catalog illegally. It's going to be out soon. You don't need to be on <laughs> Zippy Share or whatever you're on now. Zip, I am not on LimeWire. <laughs> I got Romeo Must Die right here. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Is uh, Woozy by Players on that Romeo Must Die album, right? I think so. Yes, it is. No, actually, it's not. Yes, track number 13. It is. Yes. Yo, you know what's you know you know what's a really good song on that album, and then we'll get out of here. It's what's the one that, that Sh- Shantae Moore is on. This is a test. What's yes, that I forgot about that's that a, song. That's an amazing song. So we'll I get to hear that again. Tim and Magoo's "We At It Again." That's I, that's one of my favorite songs from them. I remember they used the snippet from that for the Leah "I Miss You" video, and people were like, "Yeah, where is where did that snippet come from?" I'm like y'all didn't yeah. watch the Tim and Magoo video. That's what that's from. <laughs> There you go. All right, I think we're out now. 